Welcome to Modern Sales, a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and salespeople looking to have more and better conversations with your perfect clients. You'll get a healthy scoop of psychology, behavioral economics, and sales studies to help you create win-win relationships. I'm your host, Liston Witherell, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Modern Sales. Today, I have, like I said, Chris Martinez. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Great to be on your show, man. It's great to have you. Now, I was a little disappointed when you showed up to the preview without your wrestling mask. I know. I'm sorry. I could have grabbed it in the other room, but (laughs) it is a Friday, too, so I should be wearing it. (laughs) No worries. So, Chris, you run Dude Agency. I think we met in a Facebook group maybe a week or two ago. And so this was like a lightning fast booking that you're here on the podcast. If you could just take a minute and tell me, tell the listeners a little bit about you and a little bit about Dude Agency. Yeah, absolutely. So I started an agency back in 2012 and my team was based in the Philippines and that was good. It was working while we were getting started. Then eventually we had like 50 active clients, everybody's on retainer. And the time change and the power outages were really starting to hurt our customer service. And so I went and I tried basically everywhere across the globe. I tried India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Central Europe. And then I went down to like South America. And then we also had people in the States and nothing was working. Every place had their challenges, which I'm sure we'll talk about later. And so I was living in San Diego at the time. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to come across the border to Tijuana and I'm going to see if I can build a team here. And it was amazing. We found great designers, great developers, and just total game changer for our agency. And so we ended up scaling our agency. We had over 200 clients on retainer. It was great. I was managing the whole thing, which is a team of five people here in Mexico. I was commuting across the border almost every single day to our office down here. And life was really good. And then in 2017, I had this idea and I was actually listening to a podcast of Russ Perry, who started Design Pickle. I think you've heard of Design Pickle before. They do unlimited graphic design. So I'm listening to a podcast of Russ, and he's talking about how he got started with Design Pickle. And I was like, oh my God, I could totally do this for web development using our team at TJ. And we can service agencies because I know that agencies have a problem with finding great people. And so we launched Dude. And basically, you know, we started running Facebook ads to prove the concept. We started getting clients. And then in February of this year, 2017, we went to the Traffic and Conversion Conference in San Diego. We got a booth. It was a big risk for us because we were still kind of figuring things out. We invested the money. We got the booth. And it was just like amazing automatically. And like people started signing up and everybody wanted to get on board with Dude. Everybody needed a Dude. That was like the trigger. And so we had five people when we started in February. And then right now we just hired number 23, and we'll probably be around 25, 26 by the end of the year. And then by next year, we'll be at like 100 people here in TJ, which is amazing. And the best part is we're able to give agencies what I like to call the perfect outsourcing solution. And so most agencies who come to us, most agencies in general, they're really good at selling. They're really good at strategy. And they know that they could take on more clients if they just have the right people and also the right processes in place to be able to get there, to be able to grow. And you probably see this as a consultant. And so what we do is we basically give them the team and then we also give them processes and systems so that they can scale their agency. And so I think that's what's really helped us to be successful. 
Yeah. And in the part two of the interview, we'll dive into the outsourcing piece a little bit, but I'd like to go back to traffic and conversion conference. So for those of you who don't know, it's a pretty large conference put on by digital marketer, right? Yep, absolutely. And the focus of that conference, not surprisingly, is traffic and conversion. So getting traffic to your website, converting that traffic, basically it's a digital marketing conference that's really big and really notable. And I'm curious, why did you pick that event and why do you think it was so successful for you? I'd been an an attendee for the past, I don't know, four or five years, and they created an agency track. So if you were an agency, you would get a little fancy agency badge, and then you would get allowed entry into specific trainings for agency owners. So I knew that agencies were going to be there, obviously, because I was there. And then prior to actually signing the contract to attend the event as a sponsor and get a booth, which was going to be, we ended up spending about 10,000 bucks on that event. So prior to that, Digital Marketer had an event. A one, they ended up only doing it one time. They called it Digital Agency Growth Summit. And it was in Austin, Texas in December of last year. So I was like, you know what? I'll get the ticket. It was cheap. It was like $250. Paid for the flight. And then uh, my buddy lives in Austin. So I just crashed with him and uh, attended the conference. And it was all agency owners. So then I got to really talk to the agency owners who would also be attending Trafficking Conversion and just see what would their interest be in Dude. And everybody was like super interested. So I was like, great. And there was about 250 people at that event. It was a smaller event. So I was like, okay, great. Like this gives me the courage now to write that check to do the booth at the Trafficking Conversion Conference. And because I'm in San Diego, there was no real travel costs. That was basically the proof that we needed to invest in that conference. And it was amazing. Uh, We ended up putting in, like I said, when it was all said and done, it was about 10 grand. And we ended up doing at least a little more than a quarter million from the show. So pretty good ROI. Yeah, I would say so. (laughs) What was the plan? So you go there, you have the booth. Obviously, you want to talk to people. Did you make an offer? Did you capture their information? What did the follow-up look like? Walk me through that. There was a lot of planning that went into this. And because I had been an attendee, I kind of knew like what everybody else had been doing. And so, you know, you saw the mask on the website. So like, I'm kind of like different, (laughs) like proudly, I like to say that I'm different and I like to capture attention and we like to have a lot of fun. And so one thing is that we were just going to totally play up the whole Mexico thing. And with Mexico, nobody knows that there are talented designers and developers here. I'm literally like the first one down here and definitely the only one who's targeting digital agency owners. So instead of like hiding from that, because let's be honest, there are a lot of things about Mexico and specifically Tijuana that people don't have a positive association with this area. So instead of hiding from the fact that we're in Mexico, let's play that up, man. So I was like dressed up in the luchador outfit. I had the whole mask and the cape and everything and the wrestling boots. We had Mexican candy. We were giving away like shot glasses. I wanted to give away tequila shots, but they wouldn't allow me to do that. I bet not. We were just like straight up just fun. I mean, we were giving away beer koozies. So we were capturing leads. People would come to the booth. We had a spinny wheel. And then then our actual booth display at the very top, it said the perfect outsourcing solution for digital agencies. So that alone, just people would stop and read that and then they would want to talk to us. And then, of course, when I'm dressed up like a crazy luchador, they're curious. People would come by. We would ask them if they wanted to scan the booth or everybody would walk away with some sort of Mexican candy. A lot of people would come back because it's so delicious. 
So they would spin the wheel, we would capture their information. And then of course we had a special at the event. And so those things combined, I think in the three days that we were there, we captured over 125 agency leads. It was really, really good. By far exceeded our expectations. I see. And by special offer, you mean you had some sort of package or discount offer for attendees? Yeah, absolutely. So if you were there and you signed up at the show, you got a pretty good discount. So I'm guessing you're going to do this again. Absolutely. Actually, this coming year, we're getting two booths. Okay. <laughs> so we went to another event after that. I'm like, we got to do all the events <laughs> that we possibly can. Any place that digital agency owners are at, I want to be there. Uh-huh. So we did another event. And that time, this particular event, they didn't have as many sponsors, but they gave you a bigger space and they wanted you to be like super creative. And so I was like, all right, sweet. What can we do? So we went out and we bought a custom built wrestling ring. So now we have a (laughs) six by six wrestling ring and I'm in there like standing on the top rope in my luchador costume. So we're absolutely bringing that to our uh, this year's traffic and conversion. And then I'm going probably going to hire a real luchador to be in the ring. Well, that's what I was going to say. You have to have people in there wrestling. Oh, yeah. People, they love to be, everybody loves to come and take a picture in the ring. So we'll do some fun stuff. Yeah, we're definitely going to blow it out. And that's the thing is like, I was talking about before how I had gone to the conferences and a lot of people, you know, like they're fun, but they're not like over the top fun. And I've been to conferences where it's like fireworks and like drinking and partying the whole time and it's fun. So I wanted to bring some of that energy to our booth space because, I mean, that's kind of like who we are. We are fun. Like, let's have a good time. And that's how our clients are as well. And it worked out really, really well. So the traffic in conversion was a huge success. You're looking at more events. And I would guess that this is really beginning some new problems. Your first problem was, can we get enough clients and really test out, is there enough interest in this to be a business and how big does that business look? And now you've proven that and you're probably having some scaling issues. I don't want to say problems because I don't know. Can you talk a little bit about how you're managing this quick growth? Because you probably have issues both on the delivery side and the need for acquisition as you hire more and more people. Yeah. Well, first of all, every problem is an opportunity in disguise. (laughs) I love that. But the reality is that because we were doing such high volume on our agency side, we were able to transition a lot of those systems and processes to dude. And so there wasn't a very steep learning curve on how to get stuff done. What we learned was that actually a lot of the agencies that we were working with didn't have these systems and processes to be able to delegate work and to be able to communicate efficiently and effectively. What we learned is that, hey, we got to educate our agencies on how best to work with us. So selling has always been easy for us. The value proposition is huge. Everybody works U.S. time zone. Everybody speaks English. Everybody understands marketing. We get stuff done super fast and a low flat rate for unlimited design and development. I mean, it's like a no-brainer. So selling has always been easy. So what we've been focusing on since February is the internal processes that we have that we didn't anticipate. So like making tweaks and changes so that things are even easier for our clients. So like upgrading our ticketing platform. So we've like created a portal now, creating checklists so that if client wants a mock-up, these are the five things that we need for that. If you want to send us just the PSD and you want us to build it up, these are the seven things that we need for that. 
So creating all these little things that we didn't anticipate has been kind of like our focus up to that point, or this point, I should say. So we've got that like dialed in, like it's solid. And so right now, it's just some small minor tweaks on like the management side. So getting our management infrastructure like that super dialed in, and it's like basically like right there. So in 2019, we basically are just going to blow it out. Now, in terms of hiring, we've got a really, really good hiring process. And the other thing is like we pay at the top of our pay scale and we offer amazing benefits down here in TJ. So like they have a retirement program, they have a short-term savings program that we offer where it's like matching. They get lunch like every day. We do all kinds of fun events. And then like our management style is like completely different than most other companies here. We're getting between five and 10 resumes a day. So, and our hiring process is very dialed in. So we know exactly the type of person that we're looking for. And we actually, what's more important to us, and especially because we have a specific company culture, is we're looking for amazing people. There's lots of talented designers and developers out there, but we need amazing people who have a strong, innate desire to serve other people, which is not as easy to find in designers and developers. We've got a good solid amount of people coming through. And so now we're actually also looking at hiring people from other parts of Mexico because most of the people that we've hired have all been from this region. So that's like another challenge that we're coming up with. Honestly, we haven't had a ton of like big challenges. It's like a lot of little things that just pop up out of nowhere. So like just the other day, so like migrating websites. So taking a site live. What we've decided is that, you know what, like, that particular process, we need to find like an IT specific person who can handle all of that and make it even better and faster for the clients. It's still very quick, but like, what are the little things that we can do? Like if we hire one person and they're able to help take a project that takes 48 hours down to 12, like it's amazing and it delivers a better experience for our client. So it's all those little tweaks and changes that we're looking at right now that just continually help us to improve and do better for our clients. One thing that I loved that you said about hiring and building your team is that you're looking for people who really want to serve other people to be in service. And that's something that I emphasize in sales a lot. And I think most people get wrong about sales. They think it's about manipulation, but really should be thought of as how can I help this person? How can I serve them best? Even if it means I can't sell them anything, and that's totally fine. How do you find that when you're interviewing people, how do you seek out those people and sniff out whether or not they really have a service focus mentality? At least for me, and this has always kind of gone against the grain of my personality. It's a feeling, right? A lot of it is a feeling thing, like trusting your gut about a particular person. So our interview process is very, very thorough. I'll walk you through basically what we do to find great people. We put up our job posts and we get resumes come in. We analyze those resumes. That's when the, the hiring interview process basically starts. So if there's typos on the resume or they, it's very unprofessional, or obviously if they don't have the skills, then we disregard that person. If we think it's a potential candidate, we'll send them an email and they have a list of questions as well as some things that they need to do. So like for a developer, we ask them to send over three websites that they've done that they're proud of. If they send over two, see you later. Right. <laughs> Can't follow directions. Well, yeah, they have to follow directions. The best that somebody's ever going to act or perform is in the interview process. So if they screw up the interview process, automatically you got to disregard them. For that particular one, like if they take a week to get back to us, it's not somebody that we're going to hire. So if they pass that, then we'll do a quick 15-minute phone interview with that particular person. If that goes well and we get a good sense for the person, 
they don't sound like a freak on the phone and they're able to communicate and talk like a normal, good human being, then we'll invite them to do an online test where we test particular skills. So how are they like development skills, HTML, CSS, PHP, JavaScript. If they pass that, then we bring them in for an in-person interview. And then for the in-person interview, they have to interview with at least four people. And then all four of us have to agree that this is a great person for the team, for our company. If any one of us doesn't feel like this is a great fit, then we disregard the person. Actually, like two days ago, there was a candidate who came in, had great scores, did well on the phone interview. The two people that he interviewed with, they loved him. And then he got to me. I asked him some other questions. It just I just knew that it wasn't going to be a good fit. So we had to disregard that candidate. But on paper, up to that point, he seemed like he would have been a good fit. But at the end of the day, it wasn't. So then if they get the approval from all the four people who interview, then we have them do a practical test, like building out a page on a website or something like that. That's timed. So they have two days typically to complete that. If they miss that deadline by one minute, we don't hire that person. And then of course, if the quality of the work isn't great, then we don't hire that person. But then if they do pass all of those tests, then we've typically got a very, very good person. And then the first 90 days, that's a trial period as well. So luckily, we've never had to let anybody go within the first 90 days. So our system seems to be working. That's amazing. You also mentioned that you pay at the top of the pay scale and you give great benefits. Correct. Now, I'm guessing that's maybe not made possible, but at least made easier by the fact that it sounds like most of your clients are American, but your staff is in Mexico. Is that right? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So we work with American agencies. I don't know if we have any Canadians, actually, (laughs) but definitely Americans. We do have some outliers, some people in England. And I know we have one guy in New Zealand. And then our staff is here in Tijuana, Mexico. Cool. And do you think that that model can be duplicated for other people or is outsourcing really the key to be able to pay at the top, give great benefits and have this great culture in an agency, which is, you know, a lot of agencies are kind of known as race to the bottom, grind employees until they can't work anymore. Is that one of the reasons you wanted to go to Mexico with your team? Well, for me, you know, it was cost. We started out in the Philippines because of the cost. We started from nothing. Like I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I was basically, I started my agency off of a failed business where it left me with literally, I take full responsibility for that. And I lost almost every single penny I had where I couldn't take a $20 bill out of the ATM machine. We started our agency from zero, nothing. And so that's one of the reasons why we went to the Philippines is because of the cost. Came down to Mexico because obviously the labor is less expensive here, but it made up for all the challenges that we were having with India and Philippines and everywhere else. Obviously, same time zone, because basically, if you don't know, if you have never seen where Tijuana, or I'm going to say TJ, because you know what TJ means. If you've never seen where TJ is on a map, it's like a stone's throw away from San Diego. It's literally like right there. From a distance standpoint, it was great. There's nothing like having an office with all your staff here and you can get that synergy and everybody becomes friends and like we solve problems together. So we had our office here and in terms of like talent, super, super talented. Communication was super easy because here in TJ, everybody's got family in the US. I think almost every single one of my employees has a visa so they can go back and forth across the US without issue. So you get that cultural thing where, you know, like people kind of like understand American culture and that helps a lot in our business. Efficiency is like super important. And so when you don't have to explain things twice, that's improves efficiency, that saves money and saves time. 
And so overall, it was just an amazing fit for what we were doing at the time. So going back to your question, though, is it possible to replicate what we do? I would say absolutely. It just it depends on your business model. And like, if you wanted to replicate our culture in the States, is it possible? Yeah, it's probably possible. And you'd have to be charging a lot more than what we're charging, of course. Right. But it's possible. I love the, our staff so much. How hard they work is like unbelievable. And not to slam anybody in the States, but I hear all the time from agency owners about hiring developers and designers in the States and just the attitudes and like the prima donnas and the you need me more than I need you type of attitudes. I never have that down here. Mm-hmm. Like everybody loves working. They love our team. They appreciate all the things that we do for them. And it just, it makes things so much easier for me as an owner because I get to focus on the things that I like to do and I don't have to deal with the babying and the attitudes. I love that. Yeah. I love our staff here. They're freaking amazing. I would highly recommend anybody to look at outsourcing to Mexico, obviously uh, through me, but if you want to try and set up your own team, I think it's a great experience. Well, fantastic. So I want to get into how you set up your team and some of the traps and things to think about if someone is looking at outsourcing, but we're going to cover that in the next episode. So if you are not subscribed to this podcast, hit subscribe now, tune in tomorrow to listen to part two of my interview with Chris, where he'll be talking about how to effectively outsource and not make some of the mistakes that he's made and other people have made. So we'll see you then.